Hello and welcome to the Biosad Podcast. I'm Alex Miller. And in this episode, we're going to learn about Intelli. Now, this is a company that was part of RigNet, which Biosad acquired in the spring of 2021. Intelli does a lot of interesting and innovative things with artificial intelligence and data streams. And to tell us about it, we're pleased to have on the show Ricardo Clemente, one of Intelli's founders. Here's the interview. Okay, so we are here today with Ricardo Clemente, uh, co-founder of Intelli, a Viasat company, to talk about Intelli and Intelli Live. So thanks for being on the podcast, Ricardo. It's great to meet you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alex, for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here with you as well, trying to speak a little bit about uh, Intelli. Yeah, so you know, Intelli is part of RigNet, which uh, uh, Viasat acquired just earlier this year. So we're still we're just getting to know RigNet and Intelli. So, so for for uh, all of us uh, here at Viasat and others that uh, may not be as familiar with Intelli, can you give us an overview of what Intelli is all about? Oh yes. So since day one, when we started the company in two thousand and nine, uh, we are all about uh, operational AI. And what that means is, you know, how can we read the data as fast as possible, process the data and provide insights to people that are in the operation as fast as possible. So it's, it's really all about, you know, grabbing the high frequency data and processing this data as fast as we can from, um, algorithm perspective and providing those uh, those um, insights, the guys in the front line as well to take you know any actions or corrections as as soon as possible. So we don't uh, we specialize on working on that you know operational layer and not you know providing reports or you know analysis that we're going to be um, run and, and analyzed by the end of the day or by the end of the week. Uh, we usually but we specialize in things that matter, you know, to the second, to the minute, and when people can make that, those decisions uh, fast. And so when you started with Intelli offering those uh, services, what kind of company, was there any particular kind of company that uh, that this appealed to, or is it a broad range? Yeah, so actually we kind of more technology driven. All the founders were, I, I was doing my, you know, my master's and all the other founders as well on AI and applying real time analytics, even with a more like expert system approach or more uh, machine learning approach to the problem. And uh, really, to be honest, we were like, you know, uh, having the technology and we were trying to find problems that we could solve with. I, I was working on a big IT operations back then, and uh, I was, you know, responsible to provide, you know, support to thousands of servers and, you know, network components and and all that. Keep running a big .dot com um, company back then. That's where we initially started to trying to provide um, operational AI platform for IT. And um, funny enough, a couple of years down the road. Some of the e-commerce that we're using our tool is starting to put some business metrics. Then we're talking about revenue per, per you know per minute. We're talking about users. We're talking about sales funnel, all that in real time. And then we change you know focus more toward the business. And then e-commerce for a long time was our main uh, main thing. And then financial sector came in, and we started working with financial sectors. So. Today, we have one of the largest credit card transaction companies running in Brazil. Uh, but we really, let's say, took off as a company 
when we met um, the energy space and we were applied this technology mostly to sensors. So that was back in 2011, 12, and we, we got you know the full fleet uh, from Petrobras in 2015, and that's where really we found that niche on you know sensor equipment data and this big you know very complex uh, operations. So that's kind of a little bit of how we. We transition over the time and energy today is our biggest vertical. Uh, we do have a mining company. We have, you know, big industries. We have uh, credit card transactions. We have a, a pretty broad customer base and starting to work now with, with um, government through Viafet. Uh, Great. So uh, I think you sort of answered my next question, which is to, to hear a little bit about the, the genesis of the technology, uh, which started in Brazil, and and you're growing it to uh, all, all around the world to different companies. Is there anything more that you can add about that? Yeah. Um, it was, you know, started with my master thesis and, and Pedro's the other co-founder. We, you know, we were both working on this real-time uh, technology back then. And we combined this and did the first prototype of the platform. It worked. And then we decided to, you know, to form the company and try and provide that to IT. So pretty much that's it. Uh, from a global perspective, in 2015, we were part of a MIT project called G-Lab, uh, where we decided to take the company global. And, you know, for that, I came here to Houston in 2015, and we started targeting the uh, energy space and, you know, we grew a lot. And then 2018, uh, we were acquired by Rignet and then that took us to another level of, you know, global expansion. So right now our software is running in many different countries like Indonesia, Myanmar, Australia, India, uh, Norway, you know, it's all over the globe. Wow, that is so exciting to have something grow out of your master's thesis into this this uh, global company. That's that's a great story. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, uh, especially uh, you know, trying to understand some of the like applications for this, and you've been doing this for thirteen years. Can you share an example or two of how this technology has helped some of your customers, and you know, maybe talk about a typical use case and maybe one of the more challenging ones that you've seen? Okay. Um, I'll give a couple of examples in the uh, in the energy space uh, to start, and then I, I, I will do a more like a broad example from a business perspective. Uh, on the energy space today, we have a lot of applications from a safety perspective. So basically, we are looking to the sensors, and let's say uh, if some operations have is happening, they should be on, they should be off, these people should be right here. So we are collecting all the data together and putting all this compliance and safety rules kind of automated. And it's go something goes against what you know the best practice from a process safety perspective that will raise alerts and that will you know stop and prevent someone to to get hurt. So that's a, a big one you know that we do. The other thing is a lot on the efficiency side. So when you are, for example, drilling a well, if you can improve the speed that does, or if you can avoid uh, typical harshness that can happen, that can either create a safety issue and, and or, you know, uh, what we call an NPT, a non-productive time, you have to stop and wait and you have the whole crew and a big cost on that. So trying to read 
all the sensor data. And then we, we mix a little bit of physics of the hydraulics and the thermodynamics that we are expecting from a physical modeling perspective with a little bit of AI on top of it and say, oh, are we going to get stuck or are this you know, going to work or not? And if you can early bring alert to the attention of the engineer, they can take some of the decision of slow down or change this parameter, change that, that can save literally millions and millions of dollars to you know, big operations like that. And then another big one for us is on the uh, emissions you know, uh, space. So pretty much our customers now somehow are doing some kind of an ESG initiative. Right. So like big factories contro controlling their waste and controlling their consumption, make sure they're making the best usage of water, electricity, for example, uh, for the output. It can be a, you know, a potato chips package, for example. How do you make that more, more, most efficiently as you can? And then, of course, saving, you know, water, saving electricity. At the same time, if you're running, you know, big uh, vessels, uh, there, you know, rely on, on diesel, how you can do that on a way more efficient way. Do you need for the power that you need to read all the engines on off? Is this and specific engine not, you know, optimized? So it's burning more than it should. So there's a lot of, uh, of, uh, work now on measuring, you know, very, very details, how much of, uh, emissions you're getting and, you know, a, a big goals on reducing those dramatically so and that's our mission uh, you know the the three things i just described is is intelli's you know mission is you know to operationalize safety efficiency in a in a lower carbon footprint uh fast so that's kind of a what we do one example more like outside is you know big um heavy industries uh we got from a business perspective we do a lot is trying to predict revenue for example, if you're in a big e-commerce, uh, we have all the data sets. We can try to, and we know uh, how much money uh, you usually do during the days, how much sales, and we have your goal. So like, let's say 10 a.m., I can give you alerts and give you the probability of you reaching the daily goal, given where you are right now. And that would trigger a marketing campaign or some actions from the team to make sure they will hit the goal of that day. So you don't wait until the end of the day to figure out, oh, we didn't sell how much we should and think about the other day. Uh, usually the business that are using us on that space are trying to be proactive on understanding what customers are searching on the portal, uh, what kind of sales we're doing and trying to make you know corrections in, in minutes and seconds, not the next day. Wow, that's that's fascinating. So, do you have uh, some of the clients once they're up on the Intelli platform, just kind of amazed at how much more efficiency that they've got? Do you get that kind of reaction? Yeah, we do have. It's pretty cool. Um, how much you know? I like to say is like almost you're you're enabling a new a new capability. I think looking data uh, from yesterday, it was you know the norm for many many years, and when you kind of uh, give this new capability to the guy to understand what's going on in the business right now and take the actions and, you know, and seeing the turn in your time, that's, you know, quite, you know, um, impressive. Um, it is 
pretty common on IT. You have the, the network operation centers, right? You have people looking at that you know, data all the time, bringing that same ability to a business perspective or to an engineering perspective, it's, it's, it's usually pretty, um, pretty impressive. That user empowerment and that user engagement for us is key. It's something that is centered to our strategy and we can talk a lot of, a lot more about that as well. Right. So there's a lot of back and forth with your customers to kind of dial in everything so that it's working optimally. Yeah. So that's, I think it's, it's part of our key differentiator uh, from Intelli, how we deal not only with the customer innovation, how we empower them to do that, but also from an end user perspective, how they actually contribute to the system itself. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about is that there, there are other companies out there doing some, some similar things. So you're, you're saying that you work a lot more closely with customers than maybe some, some of your competitors. And, and what are some of the other differentiators within Intelli? Yeah, I like to explain that we have three big, unique uh, differentiators. Uh, first is our data quality engine. Uh, working with sensors and working with this, you know, harsh environments for a long year, we have developed a lot of uh, functionalities around data quality. That's usually not a so, let's say, cool and 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 fancy uh, thing. Uh, to work with, uh, but you can go nowhere with the AI project if you don't have a solid data set, right? So a lot of companies, usually it's pretty known as well that you know 80% of the work is what we call on the data engineering, is this data preparation thing, make sure you have a good data quality set, make sure you have the same you know, units, you have the same data representation. So you, then you can start using you know, your, your data science to build on top, I think. But it, it is funny enough that a lot of the companies, they put their 80% of their budget or work on building the algorithm itself. So I think as, as, a, as a company, we decided to focus more on the data quality first and enabling that, you know, high uh, quality data set to our, you know, um, customer. That's for me is our first uh, pillars. I don't want to go too technical here and explain how do we do clock synchronization, time series compression, sensor data fusion. But there's a lot of a science behind on how, you know, to get data quality right from sensors. And that's what we spend, you know, a lot of our time doing it. Uh, that, again, that's our first pillar. Our second pillar is really about what we call the operation AI apps. And that has different nuances. The first one is we focus a lot on what we call the doers, right? The people that are actually making the difference in the day-to-day -day operations. Um, a lot of the other tools, they will focus more on the data science scientists, the people that are building the algorithm. So uh, first, we try to build the app and to deliver the, those apps to the guys on the operations, on the field, making the things to work. So that's kind of our, our main focus. And at the same time, we have created a low-code uh, platform, we have created a specialized language for sensors that's called IntelliPipes. And a lot of uh, pre-built, what we call solution bricks, which is graphical, analytical functions, 
dashboards that you, you can drag and drop and build new things. So we are trying to empower those you know, doers to build on top, to innovate on top of our pre-built operational AI apps. So the second thing is really about this focus on the doers and building all those tools, not only to take those insights that can be hidden on a report and make those insights available as soon as possible to them when they need it, just in time they need it. And at the same time, empowering those engineers, those doers to innovate on top of the platform. Don't requiring a lot of uh, IT uh, knowledge, don't require a lot of uh, super specialized data science skills. It's all about how to empower those operational guys. And the third pillar is about creating that human and AI symbiosis that is called uh, the augmented intelligence. So it's, it's really how can you make humans collaborate with AI? Uh, in the very simple terms, if you like or dislike uh, an insight that I give you, alert that I give you, how can the computer take that and create a what we call an active learning cycle? So if you're you know classifying a video, if you are analyzing something, the the algorithms will give you you know inputs, and you by saying I like it, I don't like it, that create that you know virtual cycle. The same way the humans will benefit from that and they can collaborate and create that active learning cycle with the tool. So I think that's, you know, the three main things that we do uh, different and, and better than any other AI tool uh, in the market. And that's why we call ourselves the operational AI uh, tool is because I think our main focus is, you know, to get those two operations is, you know, is to get those insights to the real world, the real world, you know, uh, get them dirty, you know, right. get into the, where, where it matters and, and you know, get the results to the company. Right. So it sounds like you've got a really great loop there between the technology and the end user. Uh, and it's kind of continually feeding on each other to, you know, to improve what's, what's happening on the ground there. Yeah. We, yeah. It's a lot of a UX, a lot of your experience, uh, build that and you know thinking through and and really have this mindset that human is you know is in the center of any transformation and our tool is you know has to take advantage of it and and make it you know better not uh the opposite way around just to give you one example uh we track a lot some metrics and we are today every day we have uh 9,700 hours uh, from dashboard time across the globe. So which means like every day, engineers across the world extend on average the aggregated 9,700 hours using our tool, which is for us our key KPI because if people are really using, you know, operational people are really kind of, they don't have time to uh, hype. You don't have time for things that doesn't really work. So for us, you know, our big measurement of success are are people using this on a daily basis to do their job. If they're doing so, it's because the tool is providing them value. And that's kind of a, the KPI I'm, I'm probably most proud of and that we track, you know, every day. Yeah, that's amazing. Almost 10,000 hours a day of, of people uh, on Intelli. That's definitely yeah. sounds like a good number. 
Okay, so I wanted to ask a little bit about IntelliLive. Is that a different type of service or product than uh, what you've just been describing? Yeah, actually, this is this is our main our main platform since day one. Well, we 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 changed the name uh, at the uh, beginning was we call it Intelli Event Manager, uh, but I think uh, IntelliLive is a way better name to represent you know what what we do. Uh, the streaming technology. I would say it was kind of a new back then, 2010. Now it's it's a pretty um, common technology uh, available to be used. So when when we did it back then, 2009, it was you know it was certainly uh, a big. Uh, it still is uh, complicated to do so, but I think uh, what differentiates today is all the three things I, I I mentioned. So basically, if you I'll try to explain. In, in, in simple terms, so basically the traditional way you look the data, you put on a table, right, on a big database, and then you do a query that hits the database, do some processing, and give you an answer, right? Uh, that's kind of a, that was the, uh, the data reality for a long time. Now business become more and more dynamics. Imagine that database is updated with, you know, thousands of new information every second. And you have to hit them that the same database with thousands of queries, with thousands of questions every second, and you you expect an answer every second as well. So that, from a computer perspective, it is hard to scale. And then what stream analytics does, it kind of flipped the problem. So now your questions is the one that are kind of a stall there. And your data is seen as a continuous flow. So instead of the, a flow of queries or questions, you have a flow of data. So the data, you see the data as always moving. And your questions are the one almost like filters that is filtering this you know, stream of information that is coming and popping up as soon as you have a, a match or you have something that answers that question, it will trigger you, you something. So you kind of a flip uh, the data problem. So you can have literally, we have customers today when we have uh, 260 concurrent models or queries or questions running at the same time. And literally, you know, 100,000 of uh, sensors being processed every second. Uh, across this 200 something models and with almost no delay, you have to have an answer for each model every second. So that's kind of uh, uh, how the streaming technology play a role on this. Yeah, yeah, I can see why the the live became a a really better way to describe it uh, since it's just uh, so just right there all the time in in that loop. Uh, I want mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about what businesses, you know, uh, you know, I think a lot of businesses are interested in, in artificial intelligence and how it can like help streamline their operations, uh, but they're not sure where to start. They don't, maybe they don't know what they can afford it or, uh, so what do you say to some of those company leaders about, uh, creating like an intelligence decision center in their operations? Yeah, of course I'll be biased, but I, I like to take a more, you know, practical but ever evolving approach. That's kind of a, what we believe in and, and what we support. So first of all, make sure you are building something that across the months and years are 
taking your data as and, and building a good data set, a good and growing data set, which means, you know, units, standards, all that. Make sure you're capturing your operational uh, feedbacks so you're labeling this data correctly. And if you have that, that's the base to build any AI algorithm, any AI model on top of it. So I think, you know, more and more, it is more, you know, fancy and it is more sexy to focus on the, on the deep learning and then the algorithms itself. But, you know, as, as the leader, I think we need to be, you know, worry on that, you know, the strategic decisions of, you know, building a solid data set, building a way that you're constantly capturing those feedbacks and putting as labels so you can train your algorithms later and make sure you're building that almost like that feedback loop to operations. So all those insights will actually leave the lab and hit the business where uh, the difference can be made. You know, so that's uh, for me, what we believe that what we translated into uh, the tool and the platform. And that was, I think, what's key and what we, you know, different as successful AI project than, you know, the many failures that we see in the environment. So, um, you know, you've got this great tool and, and now you're, uh, you know, became part of RigNet and now Rig, you're all part of Viasat. So I was wondering what, what the future looks like for Intelli, uh, uh, Intelli Live and how you see it growing within the Viasat organization. Is that something uh, that, uh, you know, communications is a big part of, of getting that data back and forth. So uh, how does that all fit together? Yeah, so we, um, as part of the integration, we launched a, a, a Synergy project and you know within that synergy project we try to identify the best hypothesis to to collaborate with the different assets areas of course we cannot do everything at the same time so we prioritize a couple you know projects one with the uh with gs where we're doing some pretty cool uh video analytics combining existing biostat capabilities on video uh, recognition with our uh, platform capability of, you know, getting those feedbacks and operationalizing, having all this, you know, data um, in one place. So that's one project that we kicked it off a couple of weeks ago and, and showing some interesting results still on the prototype building, but uh, I think it's pretty promising. That's for government systems, you said? Yeah, yeah, for government okay. systems, yeah. Um, the other one is with is on the inside jam is for um, land mobility. So we did have something for fleet management. So and there's a lot of good opportunities uh, with you know buses and trains. And we kind of see besides as you say providing the communication, can we bundle it with the uh, the AI solution that will make you know the fleet more efficient? And right. the other one is we are more like exploratory working with ATG. So Vasat has done a really good job on, you know, putting all the data together on a big data bus. So um, the question is, you know, can we plug there? What kind of data is there and what kind of value can we leverage by, you know, having access to this big gigantic data bus that is flowing uh, um, today? So that's another project that we kick it off. And this the three first ones that we're trying to see you know what kind of synergy can we 
take out uh, and have some quick wins from a from a value perspective. Um, to your point, yes, um, we rely a lot uh, because we are on remote locations with a lot of the customers on you know satellite. Uh, that's what we're doing with with Brignet. and of course that's uh, important as well with um, with Fireset. Right. The, the second one you mentioned there, GEM, which is uh, global enterprise and mobility, which involves, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of moving things like, uh, like said, trains and aircraft. And I know that that's one of the things that we talk about uh, as a, an advantage for having a connected plane, in addition to allowing passengers and crew to be online, but to also uh, feed information that can help get to some of those efficiencies that you were talking about before. So is that is that where you see that mm-hmm. aligning with with that? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, we we did a demo a couple of months ago on in Carlsbad, and then, for example, you have some cameras, you know, on railroads, and you have, you know, you're detecting objects or you know the trains coming x many miles per hour. So being able to put all this information together and trying to generate, you know, alerts or insights to a central facility that is controlling this, you know. US-wide or you know global-wide, I think that has a lot of value to the business side, right, of it. So the B2B part of those, you know, big bus or, you know, rail operation. All right. Well, this has been great. It's really, uh, it's wonderful to hear uh, what Intelli is doing and to find out, uh, you know, what this this newest part of ISAT is up to. And so thanks a lot for walking through this and sharing your story, which is a really neat one from the origins uh, up to today. And it sounds like a, a lot of great stuff in the future. Yeah, no. Uh, it's been it's been fun, and I think the future reserves uh, for sure more. Uh, just it's just the just the beginning of it. So thank you, thank you very much for the opportunity, and uh, pleasure to to always a pleasure to talk about Intelli. All right, thanks so much, Ricardo. Thanks for listening to the Viasat Podcast. If you know someone you think would be interested in what you've heard on this episode, please share. You can always find the latest episodes on our blog at Viasat.com, and you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or just about anywhere you get your podcasts. 